Hey, welcome to AFK Discussions. This is Jason, and with me is my boy Ty. What up, dude? Yo, Jason. What's up, my dude? Not much, dude. Hey, before we get into it, I'm going to uh, give some props out to uh, uh, Reaper Apparel because they are hooking up with the, hooking us up with a discount code for um, all of our fine listeners out there. So if you go to ReaperApparel.com, go there, and if you put in uh, discount code AFK Discussions, you'll get 10% off your order. And they make awesome hats and shirts and just really cool merchandise. So go check them out. Go get the merch, boys. Run. Go. Log in. Get on your internet browser. Go to Reaper Apparel. Buy some stuff. Buy it now. Okay. So, man, how's your week been? Dude, it's actually been so crazy. So uh, the new World of Warcraft expansion launched on Monday. Unfortunately, I was sick this week. And I know that sounds like a coincidence, but Jason is my witness here. I was not online at all. I didn't get to play at all um, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, so I got caught up on Thursday uh, and Friday and yesterday. Yesterday was a huge veg session um, to try to hit level 80 as quickly as possible. Um, but other than that, work wasn't wasn't too bad. Getting caught back up on stuff um, when I got back to work. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't... I know that the Call of Duty beta dropped. Was it this week? Or have you been playing Call of Duty? Yeah, I played uh, Call of Duty. I, I just played Warzone. I haven't played the the Call of the Modern Warfare Two beta or, any, or anything. But um, I, I reinstalled Warzone because I kind of miss it. It's a fun game to you know. I play all first person shooters, so I mean it was it was really fun getting back in there and and playing some stuff. But hey, back to what you're saying about you being sick. Legit guys, I I messaged his wife. Because I was like, he's not on Discord. He must be really sick. I mean, this dude must be a death door if he's not on Discord. <laughs> dude, it's, I mean, and for me, there's only, I'll be honest with you, man. Since the military, uh, I don't really get sick that much. I don't know if they gave me like some sort of like super soldier serum or whatever the case may be. But like, it, man, I don't, I don't get sick like ever. But when I get sick, I get real sick like can't get out of bed sick my wife hates it um but she takes good care of me so it's all good awesome yo man so um some some cool movie news dropped this week i don't know if you heard about it i posted on her instagram about it speaking of instagram guys before we get into this if you guys go follow us on instagram that would be awesome we're going to do a t-shirt giveaway at 200 followers and then when and if we ever hit 500 followers, we're going to do a hoodie. So go and like and follow us on Instagram. Also, if you could subscribe, like, and give us reviews on whatever podcatcher, Apple, Google, that would really help us out a lot too. So, but anyways, let me get back into this movie news. All right. So Ryan Reynolds started posting all this stuff about Deadpool 3, and it just got me so hyped. And then he he announced that... Uh, Hugh Jackman was going to come back as Wolverine, which, dude, it blew my mind, dude. I love Hugh Jackman. I think, seriously, he's one of the best Wolverines ever. I mean, he's the only Wolverine on screen, but, I mean, that's the – I mean, the casting of him as Wolverine is is awesome. And the more he played Wolverine, the more he actually became Wolverine. I thought it was awesome to see. I definitely feel like Hugh Jackman made that entire franchise. Like, don't get me wrong. The other mutants are super, super awesome. Gambit is my personal favorite. I I like the actor that played Gambit. And was it Wolverine Origins? Was it 
was it Origins? I think so. Yeah, that movie it, was trash, though, dude. The movie was trash. The actor who plays Gambit in that movie is awesome. He plays in like Friday Night Lights. He was an American Assassin. Is like the bad guy. Like he's super awesome actor. I don't I don't remember his name or anything, but um, super awesome actor. But I think the way the character was portrayed and the CGI was just trash. It was not good at all. So, uh, but yeah, Hugh Jackman definitely. Man, if I'm being honest with you, I know he's been in other films like the greatest. What is what is the the greatest? The, the greatest showman yet. That, yeah, yeah. I know he's that been movie in a, is awesome. I love that movie. My kids love it. I've probably seen it like a hundred times. It's so good. One other movie that he's in where I think his daughter or his son gets kidnapped. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it as Detective Loki. I don't remember what the name of the movie is. Um, I have no, I have no idea. But that makes me think of. Like it's an alternate timeline in Marvel and Loki's and the private detective. <laughs> I mean, dude, it could, I mean, like I, I've always associated Hugh Jackman with Wolverine, right? So him coming back to the role, it's not even like he's reprising the role because nobody really picked it up after Hugh Jackman said, ah, you know, guys, the Wolverine was my last movie, which by the way, I cried at the end of that movie. Um, Spoiler alert, guys. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie or not. Um, you should have because it's old right now. It's old AF. But um, Wolverine passes away at the at the end of the movie. So um, super, super sad. And the way it all happens is, is really, really sad. So, um, But anyway, uh, Deadpool. Man, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I really think Deadpool is overhyped. I, I think the movies are good. I do. They're funny. Ryan Reynolds is like the perfect Deadpool. I I know. But man, I'm just, I don't really care for Deadpool that much if I'm being honest with you. Dude, I love Deadpool because he's such such a funny character. Um, He's just awesome. Like, it's like kind of a hero that makes fun of heroes. And I love the breaking the fourth wall and him talking to the audience. I mean, it just, I think if there's a perfect character, I think it's Deadpool. I mean, I just love it because it's just, I mean, the perfect blend of comedy, action. I mean, even in, in the comics, the funny thing is Deadpool, when he was first introduced, he wasn't meant to be funny. Mm-hmm. And um, I cannot remember the guy who wrote the comic. So Rob Liefeld um, created Deadpool. And uh, it was actually, he was introducing New Mutants. And then he became a staple in X-Force comics. But then, um, I, can't, I cannot think of the writer's name, but there was a, a series that came out and it just took Deadpool to this ridiculous territory. And it, it got such a cult following that they just ran with it. And Deadpool became what he is now. And it's just, it's awesome. I love it. I mean, yeah, it makes sense like that that a superhero like that would have like a cult following and, and definitely they pick the perfect actor to represent him. But what about doesn't Marvel have some new news? Aren't they making a Hercules movie? Wasn't the alternate ending of Thor Ragnarok? Wasn't that a thing now? Didn't that yeah. just recently release? They just I, I think I saw some buzz on social media about it. Yeah, so um yeah, they the secret credit scene, sorry, spoilers guys, if you haven't seen it. But Thor, not Thor Ragnarok, um, Thor Love and Thunder uh, had his like um, a yeah, bonus scene, and, and um, it has it has um, Hercules introduced, 
which Hercules and Thor in the comics have a huge, like, kind of, they're both heroes, but they have this huge kind of grudge against each other. And I can't wait. It's, it's going to be awesome to see on screen. There's definitely some really, really good movies coming out. Um, not exactly sure which ones that I will go see. Um, but I, man, I'll be, I would like to see a good horror film come out. I've been on like a horror kick lately. I don't know if it's cause it's that kind of season, but I watched, um, the right with, uh, super famous actor. I'm blanking Anthony on Anthony Hopkins. Name. Anthony Hopkins. Yes, yeah. dude. Mm, what a good movie that was. Uh, I I'm I like a good I like a good scary movie and I think the last new scary movie I watched was Black Phone. Even then, it really wasn't scary. It was more like of a suspense thriller kind of deal. But I really like anything Bloomhouse does, whether it's like Hostel or anything like that. Um, I'm a super super big fan. Um, and and this time of the year really really brings it out in me. I'm not sure why though. Yeah, it's I mean Bloomhouse is awesome. Um, I just yeah this time of the year I mean. Oh, I mean, I don't watch as much scary movies as you would think because I talk a lot about cryptids and ghosts and stuff. But I don't really yeah. watch scary movies that much because sometimes I don't know. They, they freak me out because, you know, you know, I, I mean, you're you're scully to my molder. And, I, you know, I think this stuff is 100 percent real and I don't want to watch it because it freaks me out, you know. Um, but yeah, so gosh, probably the best horror movie. Um, I would say is there's this movie called the strangers and it's kind of like, I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's like this family in this house, or, or I think it's these teenagers in this house, they're home alone and these strangers, that's why the movie's called strangers, like knock on their door and they're trying to get in the house and they like show up with all these guns. It, it like freaks me out because that legit could happen. Like 100%, you know, that, that is like, any anybody that could happen to you, you know, there's yeah. crazy people out there, you know. Yeah, the the crazy mask and stuff that they have in that movie too is what makes it like super creepy. Like them looking out the window and they have like a smiley face mask on. It looks like skin is cut up and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's really scary. But speaking of time of the year, um, that kind of brings us into our topic for this episode. Um, a little tad bit late, um, but we definitely wanted to touch on it, and that is nine eleven. Um, so everybody knows what happened on 9-11, uh, 2001 was the worst, one of the worst terrorist attacks on American soil. Uh, one of our nation's worst tragedies. Uh, but with every tragedy, of course, comes a conspiracy theory or some sort of conspiracy theory about why it happened, were there crisis actors or whatever the case is, right? Yeah, right, man. Um, so I want to say, put this out there because I don't want the government come knocking on my door. So yeah, just, um, you know, these are conspiracy theories that are already out there. We didn't come up with these conspiracy theories. So please, U.S. government, don't come knocking on my door because I'm not, I'm not putting any conspiracies out there. We're just talking about the ones that are already there. Just putting we that out. We created them. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, so just to give everybody a little overview because it might not be as fresh in the minds of every single person. Uh, so at 8.14 a.m. 2001, September 11th, uh, there were three planes that struck the World Trade Centers or also called the Twin Towers in New York City. It was United Airlines Flight 175, American Airlines Flight 11, and American Airlines Flight 77. 
Um, 77 is the one that flew into the Pentagon. Um, and there was also a fourth plane that was meant to uh, go to the Twin Towers of the World Trade Centers in New York, and it actually crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, so, dude, man, where were you when this happened? That's kind of where I want to start with this. Like, uh, because I think everybody's in different stages of life, and and you're, you're a little bit older than me, and I and I think that my experience was probably a little bit different than yours. So. Where were you? What was running through your mind? Did you watch it? What happened? Just walk walk me through that day. Okay, so I remember, I mean, getting up like any other day, going into work, um, which funny enough, I'm working the same job that I was working at when this all happened. Um, so um, going to work, sat down, you know, normal day, doing doing my normal thing, checking my emails, you know, doing some photography, and then all of a sudden, someone's like, dude, have you seen, have you heard the news? Um, I was like, what? It's like, there's a plane that hit the, the Trade Center in New York. And I was like, what? And they, they had all the TV on, TVs on in the, in the office. So uh, we went all kind of gathered around the TV. And it was very surreal. Um, I remember, like, calling my mom. I was like, it's the end of the world. There's like, you know, we've been attacked, you know. What's going on? And, you know, they showed the footage of, um, I guess, I don't know what, it was Iraq, Iran, somewhere where they were celebrating. And I was like, oh, my God, it's it's on. I mean, this is this is World War Three. We're going to be launching some nukes. I mean, I, that's what that's what I thought was going to go happen. You know, I mean, and I, I just it was so weird. And then you know, work was like, if you guys feel like you need to go home, you can go home. And I was like, I don't. I don't have a reason to go home, but I'm going to go home because it, I'm I'm terrified that who knows what the next few hours is going to bring for humanity itself. You know? Yeah, for sure. So for me, it was a, it was quite a bit different. So I was in fifth grade. Um, <clears throat> I was in Mr. Kerr's class. I'll never forget Mr. Kerr. Mr. Kerr, shout out if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so anyways, uh, the school I went to, we were in what were called pods. So it, it, there were portions of the school. Um, I was in pod four, pod four consisted of third, fourth and fifth graders. Uh, there was two third grade classrooms and then the fourth and fifth graders were in like the same, the same class. Um, so, uh, we're, we're sitting there. I don't remember what we were doing. It, obviously it was first thing in the morning. So if I had to guess, I would say we we're getting like math out or something. I, I can't, I don't remember, but, um, the, the classroom phone rings. Uh, Mr. Kerr picks it up, hangs it up because he's trying to teach. It rings again. Um, he does the same thing and it rings a third time and he answers it. And he goes, hello. Um, and the expression on his face, like he t- his face turned white. He was like, he, he the only words he said was, oh my God. And he hung up the phone. <clears throat> Mrs. Knight, who was in the classroom just next, it really wasn't a classroom. The, the pods were open, right? So he just went, he just like walked across the bookshelves, right? And so he walked over to Mrs. Knight and said, hey, I need you to watch the class. I got to go talk to Dr. Murphy. Dr. Murphy was the principal at school at the time. <clears throat> he walked over to Dr. Murphy's office and was like, hey, um, I don't know what, I don't know what he told her. He comes back and he turns on the TV. And now Dr. Murphy makes an announcement to the whole school and says, uh, there's been a terrorist attack. 
uh, or there's been an attack. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't remember everything clearly, but she said there's been an attack, right? Like I, I for sure remember that. So she said there's been an attack. Um, teachers, if you don't mind to turn your TVs on, cause we had the big box TVs in the corner, upper corners of the room. So each of the teachers ended up turning on all the TVs um, and all, and you know, all the news stations were the same. It was, it was the picture of the tower and, and the fire coming off the tower. And we just sat there and watched it <clears throat> all day long. We, we watched it from, from eight fourteen in the morning when it happened until it was time for us to go home. And I, t- man, that's really weird now that I think about it, because I don't remember what happened when I went home. Uh, I probably went out and played with my friends, like, and so for me, it was a lot different than you because people are like, oh, maybe you need to go home. Um, you're an adult. So you have a whole different concept of like really what what like the totality of the circumstances around what was occurring versus someone like me who's super young and like, I, I don't know what's going on. I just know there's a building on fire, right? To me, a building on fire isn't a big deal. Um, I think though, what happened after that for me was very memorable and it was kind of weird for the next few years, right? Like I feel like as soon as 9-11 happened, um, America was one, right? Like we had an American flag on our car. Everybody else had American flags on their car. There was American flags all over the place. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember we were going um, to my grandparents' house, to my big mama's house in Nashville, and we were driving and there was a traffic jam on the interstate right outside of Nashville. And every single car in all four lanes or whatever it was had American flags on their car. It was crazy. And in the years following that, um, I what 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 did you do the years following? Actually, because I I, I want to ask that first. Um, as like an adult on the anniversary of 9-11, were things different? Did work say, hey, guys, feel free not to come in or or how did that work for you? Okay, so this is this is kind of weird. I'm going to go back a little bit to what um, I did after 9-11, like okay. about a week after. So um, there was all this talk about, you know, all, me and my friends were like, are, are you going to list? Are we, are we going to go, you know, fight? You know, that, that, that was a lot of talk. Yeah. Um, personally, myself, I love the military, but I just don't think I could take another person's life. I think I, that was something I couldn't live with. So I was like, I was ready to go, but I didn't want to go. You know, I was like, I don't right. know if I'm cut out for this. Yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, we're all talking about it, but we had tickets to this. We used to be all into uh, tuning cars, right? Like, um, like I had a Volkswagen GTI, a little hatchback. My buddies all had Hondas, you know, we had them all like souped up and like lowered and all this. So we went this thing, it was called Nopi International. It was um, in Atlanta, Georgia. So that took place three weeks, two or three weeks after 9-11. And they didn't know if they were going to have it. And then they decided to have it. So I remember going going there. And um, we were in the, you know, in the car show. And I remember looking up and there's a plane flying over. And it freaked me out because there was a no fly forever, right? A, a few weeks. And I guess that they started letting planes fly again. Yeah. And I just remember looking up, being terrified that this plane was going to go after another building or something. It was, it was, it was freaky to think about, you know? Yeah, man. And I, I think that life really wasn't that different for me 
immediately following 9-11. I think it was the years after 9-11 that had some like residual effects on the youth. And so when we when 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 I went from fifth grade to sixth grade, 9-11 rolled back around. And on 9-11, we were sent to our homerooms and we watched the footage of 9-11 all over again. All day long. We did that in sixth grade. We did it in seventh grade. We did it in eighth grade. And then by the time eighth grade rolled around, I'd moved around a bunch or whatever the case may be. So, um, but yeah, dude. So like, I couldn't understand why we were watching it again. Right. And I was like, why, why are we watching this again? Um, and that kind of leads me into maybe my first conspiracy. Um, and this would be, maybe they were trying to condition us or make us think a certain way so that we would maybe join the military, maybe join the war effort, you know, because in the Bush regime, you know, we were, I don't want to say pure peacetime, but like kind of peacetime, right? Like nothing bad had really happened. The military was kind of lax. It didn't have its max numbers. And so there was huge like recruitment bonuses and all, and all this kinds of stuff. So, um, and then nine 11 happened and there's like a surge of people that go in, right. Including like famous snipers, like Chris Kyle, Chris Kyle saw nine 11 happen and joined, became a Navy seal, a sniper, one of the, most deadly snipers in, in, you know, in American history. Right. And so obviously it had a huge effect on other people. Um, but I, I kind of want to dive into some, some conspiracy, conspiracy theories. And I kind of want to uh, start by talking about how the planes got hijacked. So um, apparently flight 175, 1177 and uh, flight 93, the crash in Pennsylvania, they were all hijacked uh, by Middle Eastern military age males using knives and pepper spray. All right, man, I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> if I'm on a plane and somebody tries to hijack it, there is literally, I'm going to die anyway, right? I'm charging the guy with the knife. If it's one guy three guys, it doesn't matter. Like somebody's going to get cut. Somebody's going to get stabbed. But like my thought process is when this is happening, which I'm going to, I'm going to preface this before I go into it, guys, I'm not armchair quarterbacking. What happened to the people on these flights? What happened to these people is very tragic. I'm just trying to say where my state of mind would be, which again, it's hard to do because I'm not in that situation. I'm not faced with death. Um, but I have been faced with death before and I did take action. Right. And so I just kind of want to preface this on uh, life experience that I have personally. And so in my mind, they have knives or box cutters or whatever the case was. And they're, they're hijacking these planes. I'm not sure how this happened. I'm not sure if they knocked on the cockpits. I know there's movies about it, but I think those movies are kind of dramatized to like play it up, even though it's, already terrorism, right? It's already as much drama as you could possibly pump in for entertainment value. Um, but as soon as someone takes out a knife and says, I'm taking this plane over, I'm looking at the passengers around me. I'm looking for 
two other guys like me and going, you know, because I'm 6'1", 290. Like, I'm looking for other guys like me, and we're going to do something about this. We have to, or we're going to die, right? Well, they could stab us and kill us. Well, if we don't do anything, we're dead anyway. I mean, do you? what would you have done in that situation? Yeah, dude, 100%, man. I mean, if if faced with that situation, I mean, if if someone's got a knife, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways you can defend against a knife. I mean, they have pillows, right? On the everyone's got a pillow on the plane usually. Grab one of those pillows, take it and like wrap it around the dude's knife. I mean, what it's going to like deflect it a little, but I mean, there's like okay, let's say it's not a full plane and there's say, I mean, these are big planes. They weren't like small planes. Yeah. Let's say there's at least 50 people on that plane. 20 people. At least 20 people could, I mean, they could join together and take two to three guys out. No problem. I don't understand. I and they're in this little aisle, right? I mean, these, they're not going to be able to run away and like and let, do parkour over these seats and flip and stuff. I mean, these guys could, I mean, people would just mob and dogpile these guys and they, were, they would be done, right? right? And And I know that on planes, weight distribution is a huge thing. Um, but again, if I'm going to die anyway, I'm going to do whatever I can to stop what's about to happen. The second thing I want to get into is the, the pilot's perspective, the pilot's point of view. At what point did a pilot decide somebody's knocking at the door, I should open it? I don't know what the policies were um, in 2000, 2001 when this happened. I do know that the policy now is that nobody goes into the cockpits. The the pilot, the co-pilot get in the cockpit, they close the door, they lock it. They're not supposed to open it for any reason whatsoever. It doesn't matter. If, if people in the plane are dying, they are not supposed to open the doors, period. And that is... I, I don't think it's FAA, FAA regulations. Uh, I'm sure there are some regulations uh, surrounding who is allowed in the cockpit. Um, but for sure, American Airlines, United Airlines, and some of these other airlines like Delta and Southwest have policies in place that say, you are the pilot, you're the co-pilot. You are not to open the door for any reason, period. Um, I'm sure there's exceptions for whether they need to use the restroom or, or whatever, uh, if it's really, if it's like an overseas flight or, uh, and they might even have bathrooms in the, in the cockpit. I, I don't know. I'm not a pilot, so I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is I'm not exactly sure what was going through the pilot's minds. And, and if you are the pilot, I mean, they killed the pilots and took over the planes. Right. Um, so it's not like the pilot was like, I'm not flying you anywhere. They just, they, they slit their throats or stabbed them or, or whatever and, and took the planes and, and decided to fly them to New York. So uh, but with that being said, I really want to talk about the twin towers themselves. Um, there's tons and tons and tons of conspiracy theories on this. Um, I'm not going to, we're not going to touch on every single one, but definitely I want to touch on the main conspiracy theory. Um, well, two, two main conspiracy theories and we'll, we'll how and why is kind of what I want to talk about. So, how did this happen? We just talked about how the terrorists took the took the planes. Now let's talk about the towers themselves, right? So you have two different planes that flew into the towers, right? Yeah. Structural structural integrity of the towers. What was the structural integrity? What kind of of damage did the planes do on impact? Uh, what kind of damage did the fires do to the buildings? Because there's a lot of people who think 
that the way the building collapsed was caused by some sort of charge, maybe a copper shape charge um, to, to detach the, the steel um, and, and cause the building to, to cave in on itself and fall down on itself. Uh, so I, I've got some, some stats here that I want to shoot to you. And then w- I want to kind of discuss some of these. So the planes that hit the twin towers were Boeing 767s, uh, that were traveling almost 500 miles per hour. Uh, the, the planes flew into the building only half. And, and I'm talking width here, not, de- not depth, not floors. I'm talking width. only half of the building was compromised on the initial impact of the airplane, right? Hitting the building. Yeah. The floors that were affected were floors 94 to 98. Those were those were the affected floors. So you have four floors out of 110 and only half of the building's integrity is has been technically compromised on impact of of one of these jets. Yeah. So one of the biggest theories on why the towers fell is the fire. They, there's a lot of people who say, and I think this was in the after action reports um, when the investigations were done by Homeland Security and the FAA and FBI and all these other, all these other government entities saying that the fires melted the beams due to the impact destroying some of the um, the fire protection that these beams have. I don't I don't know what that is, uh, but that's what the claims are. So just just to kind of put this into perspective, I want to put this into perspective. So the government's telling us that the building fell because the fire burned so hot that it literally burned through the trust that are holding up the building, which are made of steel. These huge huge steel beams. So the on impact, the fire started, the internal fire ignites on the floors mentioned floor 94 to 98, that fire burns at 400 to 700 degrees Celsius. The fire is strongest around the vent perimeter, which is the perimeter where the fire is getting the most air, right? So the outside fire that's getting the most air and it's the strongest, it's burning at 700 to a thousand degrees Celsius. Okay. So the maximum that this is, is burning is, is a thousand degrees Celsius. And, and we'll get into the jet fuel. Cause I know some of you guys are thinking, but what about the fuel? Doesn't fuel have a, an effect on how hot the fire burns? It does. Um, so jet fuel burns between 800 and 1500 degrees Celsius, right? So at the vent points, if there was jet fuel burning at the vent points, it is very possible that the max temperature was 1500 degrees Celsius. Guys, steel melts at 2750 degrees Fahrenheit or 1510 degrees Celsius. Now, with that being said, is it possible? Because again, with jet fuel at the vent perimeter, it could have possibly burned at 1500. But most of the trust that hold the core of the building are in the integral inside part of the building. They're not at the vent perimeters, right? So 
at max, that stuff is probably burning around 1,000 degrees Celsius, which is 510 degrees Celsius lower than what is required to melt steel beams. So this is where the th- this is where the whole conspiracy comes in, right? How did the towers fall? Did it burn and did it melt the steel? Or the conspiracy side of it is uh were there shape charges or explosives used to destroy the trust holding the, the destroying the hat trust around the building, um, causing it to fall. So I kind of want to break down what these charges are and what they do. So a copper shape charge is what is mainly used in building demolitions, right? It, it, it's a plate of copper. It looks just like go down to your kitchen, get a small plate that you would put a, a cupcake on and, and bring it upstairs. That's about the size of a copper shape charge. That copper shape charge is placed on joints of these of these steel trust and it's and it's pointed at the trust itself. What happens is, is there's a blasting cap on the back side of these copper shaped charges that will explode, liquefying the copper shaped charge hot enough to penetrate the steel and severing it completely. Right? So think of it like uh, a hot knife through butter and that kind of analogy. And once that happens, it, to all the trusts that are holding up a structure, that structure then will fall. Um, the trajectory of the fall of the building, of course, is determined by the demolition teams and the engineers, the structural engineers that are on site. Um, and, and that's how that whole thing works, right? So, Jason, to me, honestly, it, it could be either. It could be either. Right. This is one of those really iffy ones. It, it, it could have been that they burned. It could have been that it was shape charges. Right. So like you've seen the footage, obviously, of the towers. Um, have you ever seen any footage of a building being destroyed or demolished? Yeah, 100 percent, man. I mean, if you look at the footage side by side with uh, a building being demolished, it looks identical. It, it, you know, I mean, it, it, it's very, very hard for me to believe that those floors affected so high up could affect the bottom layer of that building in such a short amount of time to cause it to fall like it did. I mean, you got to think that fire and that fuel would have to go down. Was it how many stories? 80? Uh, uh, 80, 80? 80, yeah. Yeah, to, to then burn the bottom of the building, like you said, the trusts, to burn those out hot enough, still be hot enough in the 84... 80 story fall to burn those to cause it to collapse the way it did. And that just so doesn't make sense. I think the theory is that it burned everything on the 94th floor, which caused the building to collapse in on itself and the structural trust inside the building weren't enough to hold it, to stop it from collapsing in on itself. And that was another theory that was debunked um, by struck by several structural engineers um, c- combating the reports by the FBI and Homeland Security saying that is not how structural engineering works. That those, the building is literally built for that, that that's its whole purpose. And, and so the, the floor 94 to 110, even if it did collapse, 
the building would have had enough structural integrity to not collapse or cave in like it did. And I'm glad you brought up the side to side video comparison because I've also seen those videos. Um, and it looks like it looks too organized to me. Uh, the way the building falls looks very controlled. And, and I want people to keep in mind when the, when the plane hit the twin tower, it's not like a cartoon where it left a perfect little plane outline right? It left this huge gaping hole because it's it's a 767 traveling at 500 miles per hour and slamming into a structure. And so I definitely think that I, I'm not sure, right? And this leads into like the next point of this conspiracy. Um, for those shape charges that I talked about, most of those shape charges um, and the setup for those shape charges use a ton of debt cord and demo teams refer to the, a, a ton of debt cord and, and everything. Once they get it set up, it's called a rat's nest, right? And there's plenty of videos. If you, you can go out to the internet and watch them right now and, and take a look at a video that has a building being demolished. The demolition team can walk straight up and find tons of debt cord, tons of rat nest. It's one of those things you can't get rid of after the fact. So then that leads me into Let's say it was shape charges. How were they detonated? Because obviously the detonations themselves were hidden under the, the, the plane attacks, right? Like it would be hard to have spot that because the plane had, had hit the Twin Tower or hit the World Trade Center. And so obviously you wouldn't have been able to see the blast, but... I, my thought process is, is okay, what if there was remote yeah, detonation I mean, technology? Used? I was just thinking for a second. What if these were pre-planted? Um, so, There's I mean, no these, way for us to know. You know. The rat nest and the cord that they use. Right. You see all the time on movies, you know, that there's, you know, wireless detonation capabilities. And if, if it was as big of a conspiracy as people say with, you know, the government's involved, involvement and all this that you know they had more technology behind the detonation than just what a construction crew would use to detonate the building um and i think it would be easier to hide the fact that you know what went on um it's just it just seems like there's right there's more to it than just you know hiding these rat nests and stuff and I mean, I don't. I've never heard anything about stuff like that being found. Maybe you have. I, I haven't. But I just think that you know, there there is more technology. Like you know, you see on the movies, like oh, they hook a cell phone up to it, they call it from another cell phone, and boom. I mean, some like I mean, there's got to be stuff like that that's like real, you know. Sure. Sure. And, and my thought process is too is let's talk about when, when the towers fell, because that'll get into like my next thought process of how long were first responders allowed on the scene before the federal government took over the scene, right? If there were rat nest and there were tons of firefighters that, that were on the scene trying to rescue people, how long were those people allowed to stay on the scene before the federal government came in and took over? Right. How far was too far for those for those first responders? So, again, uh, very unfortunate. 
Uh, the towers collapse 102 minutes after first impact at 8.14 a.m. And the fallout from this attack, Jason, I don't know if you've seen, I'm sure you have seen a lot of the footage of all the dust and debris and the yeah, famous yeah, gray so woman. Have you seen the famous gray woman? She's the one that's covered in all the dust. Um, I think she's like a New York City teacher or something, actually. So, um, but the the fallout from this would be astronomical. Like if you were even close to, to the vicinity, I would say within eight, 10 blocks, maybe even 12 blocks in some case, you would have been affected by dust and debris and all this yeah. other stuff. So I don't even know how you begin to get into something like that. And I, there's videos of everybody running for their lives, right? Uh, there's news cameras running, there's police officers, there's literally everybody's running. And, and I don't blame them when a building like this falls. You're talking about oh, rocks yeah, yeah, flying going. at 100 miles an hour, man. Rocks the size of my fist. If a rock the size of my fist hits you in the back of the head at 100 miles an hour, buddy, you're done for. It's game, it's game over, right? And so I completely understand um, the chaos that ensued yeah, afterwards. No shot, I dude. I mean, imagine. Gosh, I can't, I can't even fathom what it would be like to be when the towers a, fell. a New Yorker in general um, when that went down. You know, I mean, even blocks away, it would be insane to think about. Man. And. Well, and it's so unfortunate, too, because there was a ton of first responders, uh, firefightermen, firefighters in particular, uh, that got a lot that got cancer, lung cancer and, and all these different things from the debris. Um, and I think they actually fought to get uh, in the Senate or in Congress to get medical coverage for that stuff. So I definitely think that what, what happened there was, was super tragic um, in New York City about the towers. Um, so uh, it kind of is like the yeah. Unabomber attack. Is, is it, was it the Unabomber that attacked the FBI building? Half the building's gone and the building's still standing. I know. The building's still standing. That's what makes it. And that's and that's another example of why this is like super, super questionable. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm just a normal person. I'm Joe Schmo. I'm not a structural engineer or, or anything like that or an architect. I, I don't know what would cause a building to fall or, or whatever. So. But let's talk about Flight 93. So this is the flight that actually crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, after passengers and flight attendant and crew try to gain control of the aircraft. There actually is a movie about it. If you've not seen it, um, nobody really knows what happened on the flight. I'm assuming they're judging off of the black box voice recordings or, or, or something probably. But um, movie is super good. If you've not seen it, I would suggest you go check it out. Um, this is the flight that didn't make it. And this goes back into what we were talking about at the very beginning. Like, how does this even happen, right? Those people decided, no, we're not, this isn't happening to us. Or, or maybe they made a conscious decision and said, you know, we're dead either way. Uh, we can't allow them to kill other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so there's, 
I'll, I'll let you keep going, but there's there's a lot of conspiracies about that situation too, about that plane being taken down by uh, a missile, and just to bring it down so it it didn't affect anything else, because I think it was on its way to the White House. Yeah, I, I think so, and and it's crazy to think too that this is this is this leads into some other stuff that jets were told to stand down or jets were told to. Um, stay away from that vicinity when when that stuff was going on. Um, it was an air. De- it, the, it's called the the air defense stand down theory. Uh, and, and so uh, some conspiracy theorists say that NORAD issued a stand down order or a um, non scramble fr- uh, fighters late, like they they basically put in a you can't scramble jets order right before it happened right so coincidence maybe i I don't i I don't think so um but definitely the the flight 93 is got to be if it's me that's the plane i'm on you know what i mean like there's no shot that i let the plane that i'm on reach its destination I, and those people didn't know where the plane was going. I wouldn't have known where the plane was going, right? But all I know is they're going somewhere and they're about to do something horrible. Um, and I'm going to have to try my best to stop it. So yeah. that leads into the big question, which is, okay, Ty. Okay, Jason. If it is a conspiracy, right? And let's say the American government did it. Why would they do it? What, why, what reason does the U.S. government have to plot its own terrorist attack? Um, well, that's easy. Oil, natural gas. The, one of the main reasons that we invaded Afghanistan and Iraq after 2001 was because of the terrorist attacks on 9-11. Right. Among other things, of course, the threat of weapons of mass destruction that they possibly had, which were never found, by the way, um, it could have been a ploy. It could have been a ploy as unfortunate as it is and and hundreds of people dying. It could have been a ploy uh, to get into these countries for oil. And. I think people drastically underestimate the power of lobbying and the power that these oil companies have. And at this point, it's not just oil companies. I mean, we're talking about companies like Amazon, Walmart, companies that that influence policies that really affect small businesses, right? We're talking about these huge global conglomerates that are running everything. So it wouldn't shock me to know that in some back room, some of the richest people in the world got together and said, hey, this group of people have this, what we need, but we can't get in there and get it. How are we going to get in there, right? Every time we send people out there, they never come back, whether it's they're getting taken as hostages, killed, whatever. These oil companies are saying, we, we've we got to access that oil. How can we access this oil? Well, we're worth billions, possibly trillions of dollars, because there are Saudis who are worth billions of dollars because of oil, right? Or trillions of dollars, excuse me, uh, because of oil. 
So it's not outlandish for people to think that these oil companies influenced the federal government into staging a conspiracy, as horrible as 9-11 was, staging a conspiracy to get into the country for oil. And the craziest part about all of this is this started in 2001. Yeah. It's 2022. I think that Trump ordered all troops to come home, but that was, you know, I just, it's crazy to think that it lasted almost two decades. Yeah. Right. And it, and let's consider the facts, right? Number one, we, we went in as soon as it happened, as soon as it happened and, and we went in, there was like, Oh, there's weapons of mass destruction. Instantly disproved. There were no weapons of mass destruction. We didn't find that. Okay. Next thing that happens is they find uh, the dictator. And I don't remember why I can't think of his name. Haddam Hussein. Um, They find Haddam Hussein and his people kill him. Right. So that's the dictator. And that's one of the people who they theorized had something to do with 9-11. Right. We're still there. Now, why are we there? Now we got to give them a stable government. We got to teach them democracy. We got to make, we can't just leave now that the dictator is dead. Somebody else will step in, whatever, whatever. But, but we didn't get Osama bin Laden. That's the whole, that he's the brain. He's the think tank. He's the one, he's the one that orchestrated this whole thing. Yeah, totally. And you know, the thing about Osama bin Laden. So, um, you know, there was a Afghan-Russian war that happened back, yep. what was it, in the 80s? Yeah. Um, and, like, the Afghani people were on our side. We, we supplied them with weapons and vehicles to fight the Russians. And Osama bin Laden was part of us. We supplied him and all of his crew with the means to defeat the Russians, right? Right. And he was like a hero. And we supported him 100%. So that's another little sus thing you know, that, that's going on. I mean, this dude that we supported, all of a sudden he's like, I hate you. you know, Someone um, associated with America yeah. that knows how our infrastructure works because he's working with our federal government. Yeah. <clears throat> and so now you have Osama bin Laden. They're like, ah, he's the mastermind. We, we got to stay because we got to find Osama. We got to find him. We found him. We killed him. We stayed again. So it's hard to combat the fact that the war on terror wasn't about terrorism as much as it was about oil and money. Yeah. And so that to me is the why. And there's tons of other conspiracies on money going missing, um, people selling stock in United uh, Airlines and American Airlines right before the terrorist attack happens and doing like put options and, and all these other things, right? So this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. Like this is just one of the many things that it could have possibly been. Um, at the end of the day, what did happen is tragic. It is tragic. <clears throat> but you always have to wonder with a lot of these things, right? And so that for me is kind of the why. And the last thing I wanted to touch on was the conspiracy about the Pentagon. And that's a very interesting one. And that kind of goes back to 
what we were talking about before. So we know the how. Um, terrorists uh, hijacked the plane with knives and, and mace and things like that. And so this was Flight 77. Uh, American Fl- uh, American Airlines Flight 77 is the one that, uh, air quotes, supposedly hit the Pentagon. Jason, there were no airplane parts found. Yeah. No wings, no tails, no airplane parts found. And they try to go back and say it's because the airplane blew up and it burned up. Uh, the the fire was so intense that it burned up burned up the airplane. Yeah. Again, it's, that's not the case. It doesn't burn that hot. It there's no way that there's no trace of an airplane at all and uh, a lot of the surrounding buildings that had footage because mind you people, we were told the Pentagon was hit by an airplane. There's no footage. There is zero footage that you can watch that shows a plane hitting the Pentagon, right? So there's no footage, there's no plane, there's a hole in the Pentagon. Riddle me that, Batman. It walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. It must have been a Tomahawk missile. That's what, at least that's what a lot of people say. A lot of people say it was some sort of missile. Um, The the most popular hypothesis or conspiracy um, is that it was hit by a Tomahawk missile, which I'm not too familiar with American munitions as far as missiles and things like that go, uh, but it, it makes sense. And again, the conspiracy for the the Pentagon being hit is there was tons and tons of money unaccounted for by the U.S. government, and the department that was investigating that in the Pentagon was the one that was hit. Yeah, uh, that investigation stopped. Uh, I I don't know too too much about what happened with the Pentagon. Again, <clears throat> I mainly wanted to talk about Twin Towers here, um, but the the Pentagon is a very is a very interesting one. It's another very interesting thing um, that happened, and apparently, the businesses around the Pentagon, banks and things like that, reported that they had footage <clears throat> of what happened to the Pentagon. And the federal government took it as evidence. Yeah. And nobody has any footage to this day. You can't find any footage of what hit the Pentagon. You can see the hole in the Pentagon, but you can't see what hit it. Yeah, totally. And I I have also heard that that the portion of the Pentagon that was hit, that that area was under construction and people weren't actually working those offices that day. Yep. Exactly. So that, yeah, that's crazy. And also uh, the Tomahawk missile. Um, I know a little, just a very little bit about Tomahawk missiles. So they, um, they're fairly large and they actually have wings that deploy on the sides and they sort of look like a little plane. Um, but that's, that's about as far as I know about Tomahawks just because we went to, um, air and space center and, uh, we saw some like, you know, the stuff they show off the missiles and stuff, you know, they have like a display. And so yeah, I saw one there. Anyways, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where we will never find out uh, one way or the other. All we can do is base our hypothesis or or base our thought process uh, off the totality of the circumstances and the evidence that we have uh, about what happened that day. I I personally don't think that there was malintent. Uh, from our federal government 
in order to invade Iraq and Afghanistan for oil. I don't think, I personally don't think, um, I don't think that that is the case. I don't think that the federal government had actually uh, had any foul play in this. I think it was a very tragic, tragic incident. Um, and I think that there were some very bad people who really wanted to hurt our country really badly. And I, I personally think that's what happened here. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's one of the most tragic days in U S history in modern U S history. Um, especially for our generation. Um, hopefully, you know, my kids, your kids won't have to deal with something that tragic, but you know, history seems to repeat itself every so often. Um, you know, my parents, my grandparents, I guess my, my, I don't think my parents were born yet, but during, um, you know, Pearl Harbor, um, which is another, you know, tragic situation that brought America into a war that they didn't want to be into. Um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a tough subject to talk about just because there is, it's still fresh in our minds. Um, my kids were asking me about it cause they talked about it at school recently and, um, you know, it's, they did, just didn't understand, like, why, why daddy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a clear answer of why, you know, if I go by the narrative that they're taught in school, I'm not going to go into conspiracies with kids, obviously. But I'm like, people, you know, hate other groups of people. I mean, it's throughout history, it's always been like that. And uh, it's, it's a tough thing to talk about, you know? Yeah. It, it is. It's unfortunate. But um, speaking of, of tough things to talk about, what are we looking at for our next episode, Jason? Man, next episode, I think we're going to go a little bit lighter. You know, we're going we're gonna to get in deep on something that we feel so passionate about. So we're going to be talking about video games. Like, yes, what, what, what got us into video games or what video games we played as kids, what video games we play now, um, just everything maybe a little history on you know the consoles and the pc and you know just a little bit of everything just you know kind of lighten it up and you know just do something we're passionate about which is playing video games man <laughs> bunch of boys being nerds that's right <laughs> yeah man it's uh it's like i said it's still I'm, I'm, I'm my mind is reeling right now because i just keep thinking about other conspiracies about 9-11 there's so, there's so many we could have gone into but there's just not enough time to talk about but i'm sure most people have heard mo the majority of them but yeah i mean next next time it's gonna be lighter not so much uh death and destruction <laughs> but yeah guys um i want to thank you guys for joining us tonight because it's it's fun to do this and this is our our third episode and you know it's it's great to have you guys listen and um, we just want to thank you all for tuning in and just don't forget, you know, give us a subscribe, give us a review, um, go follow us on Instagram, win a free t-shirt, you know, all that good stuff, man. So uh, I just want to say thanks again for joining us on AFK Discussions. I am Jason and this is Ty. I'm out. Peace. Later, guys. Rip, rip.